Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I are back once again, heading into, we are in the midst of the Stanley Cup Finals, and we are heading into draft time. So we're going to be touching on the draft and, you know, a bunch of things that involve the Rangers uh, with our two picks in the first round, obviously the first overall, which is super exciting. And even though we kind of know how that's going to pan out, there's always time to talk about that. Uh, but first, Andy, uh, something has hit, hit me this week, and you're going to have to kind of talk me through this because I, I feel like I'm pr- probably not the only one out there. And okay. uh, so you're going to have to play a little bit of a, um, like a psychiatrist here for me. Uh, All right, well, lay, lay down on the couch. Uh, I'll get out my, uh, my Dwayne Reed uh, cheating glasses, and uh, yeah, let's, let's get to it. Okay. So we all know the weather is turning. Especially here in the Northeast, I know you know. Obviously, uh, different places of the country, the weather doesn't turn. But you know, October is right around the corner. The weather is getting a little bit cooler, and usually, this is a sign of of what's to to begin in my life, and that's a new NHL season. But this year, the season is going to be done soon, and we have a draft. But I'm afraid, I'm afraid for my mental health with no NHL hockey through October, November, and possibly all of December. And I mean, that, that would be the best case scenario, but how how am I supposed to handle a fall without hockey, like an October without hockey? Well, for me, and I can only speak for myself for right now, because it will be tough, especially as you, you feel that briskness in the air, because a, the first thing you think to yourself is like, man, I want, I'd, I'd love to be on a pond somewhere right now, just hearing that crunch under my feet. And it just makes you think of hockey and, uh, it's the best feeling. Usually, uh, it's going to be tough this year. So I really think for the diehard hockey fans who are so used to it, you're, it's really going to behoove them to curate their own experiences, right? Because yeah. you have your, your, you have your, uh, your tried and true, you, you always have, you know that there's a, a game on MSG, if you're a Rangers fan, every other day that you can always count on, rely on. But this is going to be different. You're going to have to seek out some hockey. Uh, and so we do know a few things. We know right now 
And I think this is actually the one area that if you're a Rangers fan right now, it's actually a better time because those teams that are competing teams that are out of the playoffs, they don't have much to look forward to, you know, especially if they're, they don't have any prospects of note or whatever, but as excited as we, as we've been uh, for the youth movement for the Rangers, I do think there will be hockey out there to watch, whether that's, uh, some of the more favorable time zone differences for our prospects overseas for kids. If you know, we have in the, if the, uh, the WHL or the OHL or the QH, uh, QMJHL, if they draft some of these players this season and there'll be plenty of news, unfortunately, in terms of just watching an on the ice product, uh, it might not be, you know, unfortunately it might not be the best time, but it will be a good time maybe to go back and, you know, watch, do your homework, like maybe go back and watch some video of the 94 cup run or, you know, uh, do some reading about some of those older Rangers teams. That's what I'm get looking. Cause you know, I was born in 1987. So I always hear all of this about that miracle 79 team that, uh, made the run to the cup final with John Davidson and net, uh, from old timers who just, they say that was like one of the most fun runs they've ever. So I'm actually, uh, going to do some reading about that. I'm going to read, uh, what is his Barry Mizell's book? You know, what is that? It was the, the 94 book. It's, uh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Too. Uh, Losing the edge. Yes. Fascinating. I've heard, I've never read it for whatever reason is, but I've, I've heard it's amazing. I want to read that. So yeah, I'm going, I, it's like, you kind of have to curate your own experience. So for me, what I'm going to do is on top of my usual, prospect stuff which luckily keeps me pretty busy because i have a vested interest in a lot of young players even if they don't end up rangers is that i'm going to take this lull you know if we, if it's to be believed we have to wait until december for nhl training camps which you know listen we, we're gonna have the draft in october that's only two and a half months if, if if everything goes to plan i could see the nhl season not starting until like into January, but that would mean at least we'll have training camp type news to get excited about around December. So it was just kind of like that, that two month span of really after the draft uh, and November into the second or third week of uh, December. So it's doable, but like I said, you really, I think it's as a hockey fan, it's never been a better time to say like, what, what's something I am curious about. I want to really get into and focus and hone in on that. So for me, I'm going to use this time to educate myself about some of the Rangers uh, teams that were before my time, you know, uh, our condolences to the family and friends of Bob Nevin, former Rangers captain who passed away a few days ago. Uh, you know, I'm not too familiar with those teams. Like I hear these names, like, you know, I, I kind of have a sense of how important, you know, your Hadfields, your Gilberts, your Greshners, your Howells, these guys, uh, even, you know, Dugay guys a little bit later and then into the those 80s teams, you know, like I kind of have a sense, but I also really don't because I wasn't there and I don't really have too much of the context. I have the broad strokes and the anecdotes and I have uh, testimony from older Rangers fans to go off of. But, you know, I'm going to take this time and I'm going to really try to get into the meat potatoes of learning about those teams. And, yeah, I just think between that and just taking a more hands on approach to what I'm used to getting fed to me. I think that will be enough to help me get through. Uh, and listen, everyone's appetite for this stuff is different. Uh, you know, I think no matter what you do, it's going to be a little bit more on the person to figure out what avenues they want to go down to. Maybe it's there's no better time to brush up 
on prospects. Maybe it's no better time to like, if you're someone who's really into free agents and the cap and you know, that type of stuff, you get into that. Maybe you teach yourself how to really understand the CBA and cap friendly and look into those things or yeah, whatever. Uh, and, and it, listen, NHL 21 is coming out in a few weeks. So I'm going to probably check that out when it's uh, up on EA access for a little bit. Hopefully it's good. And then if that's good, I'll just run shell. So uh, yeah, it's, I, to, to answer your question, James, I really think I'll, you, it's unfortunately it seems like a, you know, it's a loss that we don't have. Maybe look at it as an opportunity to really curate uh, your hockey experience for the next two and a half to three months before we start getting some hopefully NHL hockey back. Yeah, and it's just like I feel like everything's hitting me with a little bit of a whirlwind. Uh, I was messing around on my Switch and I downloaded the Super Mario, like the All-Stars. And I the Super Mario All-Stars is as Mario 64, Super Mario Galaxy, and Super Mario Sunshine. And why is this relevant to the podcast? Well, it brought me down like memory lane. And then I started thinking like, like childhood, the, the fall of childhood when, you know, your season is just about starting and the NHL is starting and, you know, just all the nostalgic stuff that happens this time of year. It's kind of all gone because the main focal point for my entire life was fall starting, hockey starting. And now I don't have that, even though. I was given a treat this summer. There's just nothing better than fall hockey. So, I mean, what you said was all, I mean, all good things for sure. Um, The one thing I think I'm going to focus on is I really, I really want to focus on what the Rangers are going to do, you know, once the draft is done. And because I have a very strong uh, belief that, the center position really needs to be addressed. So, you know, I, I am going to look up and down the league to see where I find that. I'm going to look at the other centers in the draft over the next couple of weeks and see if there's a possibility of a center in the future that the Rangers could draft late in the first round. And I think we'll probably get into that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, um, we will. I have I have some names in the back of my brain. OK, get there. so I mean, overall, with the hype of this draft coming up and obviously the Rangers getting the first pick overall, there are certain years where, you know, the draft, the 2003 draft class was considered, you know, maybe the best of all time first round. Um, Where does this draft overall stack up against prior years? So the, you know, every, they say every year, like, Oh, it's, this is a good draft. It's a good draft. It's a good draft. But honestly, I do think 2020 is a pretty deep draft. I'm pretty actually pretty high on last year's draft too. You know, I think uh, it kind of got short shrift, but you're seeing usually it's like they say, Oh, it's a strong draft. And then when they say that there is, I think this draft has a lot of talent Uh, there. Obviously with, you know, once you get past the maybe 12 to 15 picks in the draft, that talent comes with risk, right? You know, you, it's like, because he's like, oh, the, you know, these guys can top six or bust players or whatever. Yeah, this year's draft, it's the first thing you'll notice, not a lot of defensemen, mm-hmm. or at least projected to go high. Next year, 2020 will be the year, I'm sorry, 2021 draft will be the year of defensemen with, you know, Owen Power, Luke Hughes, Graham Clark, I'm sorry, uh, Brand Clark, excuse me. Um, but yeah, this year's draft, not a lot of defensemen, but uh, 
at the same time, you have a lot of, it looks on paper, you see a lot of centers. I somehow, a lot of these centers, because they have, there's a lot more undersized centers this year. And so a lot of them I could see end up wingers in the NHL. So, you know, I don't know how that bears out. Some guys might stick, some guys might not, but obviously it's just a forward heavy draft. You have, like I had mentioned, where I think I like what I liked about last year's class was that it was a bit more, maybe the upside wasn't there for a lot of guys, but there's a lot of guys that were just stronger, safer projections to, to be NHL role players, you know, especially in that first round is, you know, especially on, on the back end on defense, you know, you, you have guys like, uh, Bjorn Fott and uh, who actually went, uh, you know, because I was looking at at 22nd overall for L.A. And I'm sure they're happy with that that pick. Um, So but yeah, but I mean, even just if you, you know, going to uh, the draft the year before that, where the Rangers, you know, the draft where the Rangers took Vitaly, uh, K. Andre and Nils Lundqvist, like. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a mixed bag because in that first round you have a lot of guys that do look promising, but you have guys that have had trouble cracking to making their way into the league. Although you know they'll get there eventually, but um, yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag. So, but no, I like I do like the upside of this year's draft. I do worry about people that think that that means that everyone in the first round is going to be a bona fide player because I think whereas I look at a lot of the players in the last two drafts where maybe their upsides you know, overall weren't as high. I do think there's a little bit more risk there, but I think the beautiful thing is I think some people are in the second round. Unfortunately, the Rangers don't have a pick. There will be a lot of players that fall and get, make teams look really stupid in a year's time. So that's how, that's how I feel at least about whether if it's a strong draft, I do think it's a strong draft. I think there's a lot of talent. Obviously I think that talent does come with the risk. So whether that bears out to more NHL role players, not, but I could see you getting a, there being a lot of above average NHL talent in this draft. Good. I mean, I mean, that's what you want to hear, especially for a team that is picking twice in the first round. And then, you know, you really do have like teams that, although there's a Rangers podcast and, you know, you don't root for other teams really like huge success, but it is fun putting yourself in the position of like an Ottawa Senators where you do get the draft three times or, I mean, shall I even say it, you know, the New Jersey Devils who get the draft multiple times in the first round. Yeah. But, um, you know, you do get to look at their draft picks and you're like, oh, my God, like imagine being able to draft three times in this draft and who you can get and stuff like that. So, you know, um, it's kind of it's kind of I don't even really want to say this, but there's a little bit of part of me that is like it kind of sucks that we already know that we're taking Alex Lafreniere because it like takes away of like what could we get later on in the draft I mean I'm so happy that we have them like it's just you know it's a you know it's a it's an easy pick it's an awesome pick and it's amazing that we got the first overall pick but I'm so used to looking at a draft and being like I don't know who the hell we're taking because I don't even know who the hell is going to be left at 13 because you know when we got nine I was like oh my god we're we have a top 10 pick and now it's like, you know, we have number one overall. So it's like there's no guessing, really. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, my wife and I have been following. We pick different shows to fall asleep to just that or you can put on the background and not pay attention to, but like are comforting. Mm-hmm. So right now it's community. And there's an episode of community that's uh, I forget what it's called. So it's like remedial chaos theory where it's basically, you know, it's like the doorbell rings are having a party. Someone has to go get the get the pizza go downstairs get the pizza so they flip you know they throw a dice in the air and it, and it plays out each scenario of one through six 
because it's like you're creating a different timeline when you roll that dice. And that's the thing. It's like I've been more focused on the 22nd overall pick mm-hmm. because you literally say, OK, well, what if this guy gets to look, you know, it's like, what do I think the how it looks? But what if this guy goes here? Then this guy's available. But if what if this team takes this? What if they need a goaltender? So then it pushes this guy up and then. You can just go down the rabbit hole and play out all those scenarios and all of these different players the Rangers could take there. Where at one, like you said, uh, the choice is is almost all but set in stone, and there's only one ulterior thing you could think of. Well, do they if they somehow make a offer the Rangers a package that you have to be stupid to turn down, which won't happen. But if they did, what does that look like? And then you're done. The thought experiment's over. Then you're just now you're thinking about just Lafreniere and the Rangers, and that's great. Like you said, I'm so happy about that. But just some of the f- most fun of the draft is like, man, who could they take? And what is his upside? And how does he pl- plan out? Like, are they going to play it safe? Are they going to be aggressive? Are they going to swing because they have two picks? Or are they going to say, you know, let's just now that we have so much top six talent and we'll get into all this. But all right, that's just well, where my head goes. So, all right. So the fir- first question I have for you within the draft, because obviously the number one is set in stone for the most part. Obviously, if something's thrown at us, like it'll I mean, it will be the biggest news you know, in, you know, in the NHL, other yeah. than who the Stanley cup champion is, um, is looking at the other teams, what other teams do you have to worry about with the number 22 pick? What other, what teams in front of the Rangers that'll be drafting pretty much, I would say pretty much all the way up to in, in my eyes, the top five picks are pretty much locked. I don't know the order in which they might go, but I feel like, you know, uh, you have some, yeah, we have some semblance of, yeah, like what, we know. So like the pretty much from like eight, the picks eight through 21, is there a team in there that might surprise you and take someone completely random where it would push a player that you have your eyes on it, push it closer to the 22nd range? Yeah. So the first team I think we really have to look out for is Caroline at 13 because we know Yaroslav Askarov is the the only goaltender projected to go in the first round. Um, and goaltending, the history and the metrics say you should never pick a goaltender in the first round because the odds of getting a, uh, a franchise goaltender are much higher in every other round than it is in the first round. But kind of like Marc-Andre Fleury, who has had a long and, uh, you know, you could maybe argue almost Hall of Fame-worthy career or Hall of Fame-worthy, depending on how you feel about him. Um, but you know, clearly a, a long and, and a worthy career close to his selection. Um, yeah, Askarov checks as many of those boxes. You know, he's currently, he started his KHL season proper, playing in the KHL still as a, an 18-year-old, and he's pitched a shutout the other day. He's looked great. So, yeah, I mean, he's at that age to be doing that against men. I mean, a team's going to take him, so... Um, how high is the question? When I look at the teams that might potentially select him, Carolina is the one team that, as good as they were in the playing rounds, every year it's the same thing. They look so good on paper, but when it matters, they don't get the goaltending. And, you know, Mrazek and Reimer, for as good as they were at times, they just didn't make the saves they needed to make. And both are, you know, Mrazek's getting older. Reimer's technically a career backup, right? So mm-hmm. at this point, um, so yeah, they're a team, I think that if they take Askarov, that just pushes everyone else up a spot, which is, could be advantageous. Uh, you know, the other team, uh, right across the Hudson, the devils are picking at 18 and they're picking at 20. 
you know, their final, they have three picks in the first round. They pick uh, what? Six, right? Yeah. Yeah. Six, 18 and 20. So I'm sorry, seven, seven. I'm sorry, seven, 18, 20. Thank you. So when you have three first round picks, does that change? Do they, you know, I was talking to Neil uh, Villapiano from the uh, Devil's State of Mind podcast the other night, and he, much like how there's a lot of talk about the Rangers potentially moving that 22nd pick for help now, when you have two first round picks, do you feel the need that you can, you don't mind spending some draft capital to move up with them? Or hell, even just, yeah, do you package both of them and move up as much as it gets you? If there's a player you covet and you think is a far and away slam dunk and this is the only way to get them. Uh, or do you trade back down with one of those picks? You know, do you trade? Listen, the Devils and the Rangers, now that Lou is not there, have made moves like they've they traded the Grabner trade. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have shown that they don't they can they can do business. There's proof of concept there. You know, if are they a team that. If they know they can get their guy and to move back only two slots, they know they'll still get their guy and the Rangers give them a third round pick and the Rangers can move to 20. Do they do that? Or does do the Rangers do the same thing to them? There's a player they, they really want that they're 20. And yeah, so it's like, do they initiate that conversation? So that's a possibility, you know. Uh, is it likely? I don't know. I don't really think so. But it's possible, you know, they like I said, and having both teams having those multiple uh, first allow that. Other than that, honestly, in terms of who could affect the Rangers' fates, the only ones that really stand out for me is I do wonder Toronto is a team that is kind of their how they're built on paper and what what they've shown to have value has seems to be not working out for them. They've value uh, finesse and skill and playing w- with tempo and pace, but they keep getting punched in the mouth and they keep falling on their ass. So do they finally say? Does Dubas finally say enough? Enough of this? Like I might re- reach on a player who I know is a sure bet just to be a pain in the ass to play against and will make the NHL as opposed to like taking a swing on a more yet another like, you know, listen, and they've, you know, it's worked out with them for reaching in kids like Nick Robertson who look, uh, you know, amazing. But at the same time, it's like they have a litany of these very skilled, you know, speedy, finesse, playmaking, you know, players with good IQs, but they keep getting punched in the mouth and muscled off pucks. And they don't, they're just not getting it done. So do they finally break that trend? So that's the only other team that I'm like, do they do they reach on a big defenseman like Braden Schneider, who's hard, d- tough to play against, even though he's not or Caden Gooley, who so even though they might they're maybe not the most exciting players in the world and they might be a little bit of a reach, in my opinion, in those spots, you know, they're they're projected to be, you know, uh, NHL pairing, at least maybe possibly second pairing guys who are tough to play against and can like, you know, because, yeah, the Morgan, right. I'm sorry, the um, Tyson Barry experiment didn't really work for them. Jake Muzzin, I don't know what that contract where that's going. So yeah, they clearly need to be tougher to play against. So that's the only other the other teams that I think factor into maybe push players to the that the Rangers could covet to them. Yeah, and I feel like the Rangers. I mean, I don't know like what their vibe is right now, but at, at twenty two, are you taking the best player on the board, or are you going to try to address a need and take a shot with um, a center? Because obviously we have plenty of wingers, but you know, if, you know if. if there's always a player that ends up yeah. falling for some reason. And, you know, I feel bad because usually the cameras will focus on them. Uh, I don't think any of the players will be present, right? Like, no, you know, in terms of every year, one guy falls. I could very much see Jack Quinn being that guy this year. 
considering where the hype was as more teams look at him. Okay. Uh, if any, listen, uh, if J- a Jack Quinn or a Dawson Mercer from where they're projected to go are available, if they fall to 22, well, well I'll say this. I'm not the biggest Quinn guy, but I see his value. So maybe I'd be tempted to, I would probably be tempted to take him there. But if Dawson Mercer is available at 22, I'm 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 ba- banging on the podium or the table for the the Rangers to take him just because he's a versatile guy. He's a good defensively. He's played center and wing. I don't know if he's a center at the next level, but I think he can play. You know, he I think that can be coached into him more. He's done a little bit of both. He like he's he's currently playing center, but he does switch off a bit depending on what you know playing with the team Canada and stuff. But um. You know, the Rangers need help up the middle, and that's not that's not a you know that's no secret. Dylan Holloway is a natural center, uh, and although he's also played wing, I do think the Rangers looking at their bottom six and how they need stable stabilization there. Taking one or two safer guys like a Holloway wouldn't surprise me just because even though they might never put up top, they don't have top six skill overall. They could just be like very, very solid. You know, you look at that, how important that, uh, um, you know, for Tampa, uh, that third line has been. Yeah. Yeah. With, um, uh, yeah. What's his face from New Jersey Coleman. And you know, the other, the other two guys who named this game right now, uh, well, <laughs> well, uh, well. I'm sorry. I, I had like yeah. a totally separate thought, but you know, I I really do think though that the, the Rangers addressing a center issue, and I'm not saying we need the Rangers need to bring in uh, a top you know ten center in the league, but there's a lot to say for a guy that can chew up minutes, that can win faceoffs, and just be uh, a defensive presence. Doesn't really give up much but just can control the ice out there because that's what the role of the center is doing. You're basically controlling and dictating the play down the middle, which is the most important now more than ever, the most important area of the ice. Keep everything to the outside. And, you know, the role of the center really has taken off, I feel like, over the past decade. And you see how important it is. If you can get someone who's quick, who can be physical, who's steady, you don't need someone who's going to put up 50 goals, you know, that's what not what the Rangers need right now. The Rangers no, exactly. need someone who can they can trust to throw out there that can win important faceoffs. And heaven forbid Zibanejad goes down, someone that can step up and not be a burden and fill that gap for the time being until you know a Zibanejad can get back or you yeah. know it's just it, and and those are hard to find. You don't find you you can find you can get them, but they're they come at a cost. So yeah. And listen, I know they always say like, oh, just take the best player available, best player available. It was like, well, yes. But the problem is when you reach 20, when you're out of the after 15 in a draft, like best player available is in your head only. And no one like there's a reason guys after that. It's like you have so many guys in the second round. Like, why didn't he go high? I was like, well, no, because it's all a crapshoot. Everyone's got their red flags. Everyone has their things, you know they don't put the pieces together at the same time. There are some guys that are later birthdays than others. Sometimes, you know, it just, there's so many factors. So to your point, James, I do think that some of the gaudier offensive guys that might be available in that slot, if like, even though the Rangers may be familiar with an old Goonler, 
They, mm-hmm. you know, they might like the skill of a, a Maverick Bork, but not be the skating might really scare them in terms of his ability to control pace in the middle of the game. Yeah, they might say, or a Brendan Brisson, who's got clearly top six skill or, or vision, but at the same time, there's questions about the pace and the skating and the body. And like, you know, like I, I honestly am of the opinion that the Rangers do go for more of that, you know, you know, tough to play against dependable two way center uh, or, you know, possibly winger, but if he's, you know, depending on who it is. So, uh, you know, listen, if, if a Mer- I see more players like Mercer or Holloway, potentially Mirav, maybe Zach Connor Zari, but I don't think they like the, I would imagine that the skating would scare them. Uh, but I do, if you had to, if, if I do have my prediction for if the Rangers don't trade that pick, cause that's another thing. I don't, there's a part of me that thinks this pick does not make it to draft day. And then he, it is packaged for something or, uh, cause I, I think the Rangers want help up the middle, but they, they're not, I don't think they have the appetite to, for that 22 to let a kid sit there for two years and then, uh, come help later. I think if they know they can use that first to get a young on his up and coming center, who's already making inroads into the national hockey league now, and then just worry about hopefully one of their later picks in the draft, you know, one or two of them, hopefully pan out to something that can help them down the line. I think they're more, that's more their speed and their appetite. But obviously, it takes two to tango. So if if there's no if the deal just doesn't materialize, they're gonna make, have to make the pick. So, but I do have my suspicions about who the Rangers take there. I'm Corey Francia. I'm Richie Suave Flores, and this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave on the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, f- this game! This game is this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh! I actually they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty? What? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. First, I want to hear your thoughts on who the Rangers will pick. But I do want to hear two types of scenarios. If, sure. Like, obviously... All right, we we spoke about a player that could like possibly drop uh, like drop like a Jack Quinn, yeah. but I want to like there's a lot of centers in the I would say like 16 to like 25 range. There's yeah. you know one two three. There's like four or five centers, even the 28 like Perot and stuff like that. And we all know that the NHL draft, all the experts can write it up how they think it's going to go, and then it yeah. completely goes disarray pretty much after like eight you, you just see someone go for that pick where they just like that person and yeah. and you know that's a domino effect because now that just just disrupts everyone so in those in that range yes. okay. what give me your top three centers that you you would pick ideally if you okay. in that range Re- so realistically at 22 with who i think would be available um listen if Dylan Holloway is still there, I, you know, let's say between realistically of, of centers who I think would possibly be available at that slot. Dylan Holloway might not be off the board yet, although I do think he just gets taken just kind of right before, but he could be there. Connor Zari will might, will pro, might, I think he gets taken in this range, so he could be there. Uh, 
you know, Maverick Bork, same thing. Uh, potentially Brendan Brisson, although I'm not really sure about that. I think he's more of a later in the draft guy. So for me, I think realistically, I think a safe bet would be taking Dylan Holloway. Just, you know, he's at, uh, they've seen him watching Andre at the University of Wisconsin. That whole team struggled last year, but he was the lone bright spot. He got better as the year went on. He's got a little bit more confidence. I think, you know, whenever, we don't really know what the fate of, of uh, NCAA hockey is at this point, but whenever he gets back, I do expect him to improve upon last year as, as he gets Tony Granato gives him a bigger role. He skates like the wind. He is a physical specimen. You know, he's rangy. He's got a powerful skater. He's smart, at least in terms of just playing hockey. You know I mean? He doesn't have tremendous skill. He's got good hands and he's can, can makes feather some good passes. I, I'd say he's probably a better passer and better hands than a Kreider, although he's obviously not the, the as physically imposing or or fast as Kreider is. But you know, he's a still a he's still a very solid. Will most likely be a middle, you know, either a, a third line center or potentially a second line winger who can play center if if necessary. You know, maybe not on a cup team, but he's clearly you know he'll kill penalties for you. He'll pressure all over the ice. He'll be smart with the puck. He won't make stupid decisions. He plays a pretty safe and calculated game. He will never he won't burn you. Maybe he's not giving you know putting racking up points, but he he'll drive possession and play at a positive rate. I think that's realistic for them. Um, the only other player that I think is a dark horse for the Rangers to take there is uh, Ridley Gregg, who okay. he's a center. He plays for the Brandon Wheat Kings. He is probably he is like this year's draft. Uh, he's like this year's you know Matthew Kachuk Marchand. He's a small well. He's five eleven right as it stands now. He's one of the youngest players in the draft. He's an he's a late birthday. He's an August birthday. So you know, and that's that counts for a lot. He was so super close to being a twenty twenty one eligible. He was the. He was one of the best players on Brandon this year. Uh, he's small, but he loves physicality. Loves he plays bigger than his size. You know, he's listed at 160 something pounds. I don't think he's that anymore. He may have been weighing in last year. He clearly got bigger as the year went on. He's probably close in the 175. But he like he hits and plays like he's already six foot 190, which he might be. You know, when it's all said and done, because uh, he's got that room for growth. Like I said, he's an early birthday, but. Yeah, man, he skates really well. He has very good skill. He's got underrated vision. He's just in the middle of everything all over the ice. And I and I think he and he's a natural center. He can carry the puck up the ice. He can do zone entries. He can play on your power play. He's good defensively. He's good. He he competes. You know, he doesn't he's never going to be a a pure top six skill guy, but I think he's got skill to play in the top six, maybe not on the first line, but he could be a second line uh does he become a second line center i don't know i think i think he's more likely to be either a winger on a second line or a center on a third line but like i said he is literally he has that like combination of like playing in all the tough areas and hounding you on the boards and giving you little forearm shivers and he's a pain in the ass to play against and he competes and he doesn't take shifts off and he's yeah he just has skill to go with that grit and gms and coaches especially quinn would absolutely love that you know what i mean yeah. So he is a, and I think the Rangers would most likely see him as a kid because of his skill. He's, I think he's got underrated skill. I think he's much more skilled than people give him credit for. I, I don't think he ever becomes a Matthew Kachuk, but he could become a Matthew Kachuk light or like a Sam Bennett type, maybe a little bit better, hopefully. But, you know, that's a player that I'm, you could tell the Rangers would really love, just especially in your bottom six where, 
you know, once you start having maybe a little depreciation skill level, those type of players help you, you know, they really do help you turn the tide. You know, if you have a guy like a Casey Sizikas, who's the fourth liner, you know, fourth line center for the Islanders, one of the better ones in the league in that they just, they work their balls off and they're in everything, you know, and yeah, they just don't give up. And the Rangers need that because their top six is so bright, but you look at the bottom six and you're just like, what, what's going on here? So he's a guy that I think it might take him, you know, he's got to get stronger. He's got to get a little bit bigger. It, it might be a project if they pick him, but I think he's a guy that I could see them coveting because he fulfills a need. Uh, and he's more skilled than like a Lemieux who maybe we don't know what his future is on this team. Once you have more players coming in the expansion draft, they might trade him to another team looking for some, you know, bottom six grid or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I could between him and Holloway, I think those are two realistic slots or realistic picks in that range. Cause they're both centers. They're both probably confident. They can be natural centers in the, in the national hockey league. They can both carry the mail. They can do those things. You and I talked about that you need to win in the playoffs, especially that they just saw against, uh, you know, uh, Carolina, you know, I mean, and that's, that's it. That's that. Those are my, my, uh, my obvious safe picks for the Rangers. I do have, listen, if, like we said, if play, if a Jack Quinn drops, if a Dawson Mercer drops, uh, I could see them jumping on those guys. Hell, if, listen, if Askarov is there at 22, you have to take him. I don't care how upset it would make everyone. You're an idiot to not take him. I'm telling you flat out, like with what we've, the flashes we've seen from him, there are no sure things in goaltending. It would make a lot of people mad, but you forget Igor is 20, you know, goaltenders don't break into the league at, at, you know, Carter Hart may be a little bit of an exception, but you know, you get these guys when they're, they don't come in to be more fully formed until they're 24. You know what I mean? Yeah. So by the time, listen, you were, how old is Igor now? 25, right? Mm-hmm. Or 24, 25. He'll be 30 in five seasons, you know? So just having that next guy ready, is not a bad thing. And the Rangers have never really had to worry about that for the last little while. So, and that's been a, a blessing for them. So, yeah. So outside of those guys falling, I do think the Rangers do f- fulfill that need at center with a net, trying to find a natural center who maybe isn't the gaudiest projection of upside, but they don't have to worry about, well, can he skate or why is he not compete on every shift? Because as much as I like guys like uh, Noel Gundler and Jacob Perot and Maverick Bork, who have clearly have top six upside, it's like, I can't like, yeah, coaches are and scouts are like, can we teach this kid to give a shit? Like, can yeah. you, is that, is that teachable? Like and some players? Yeah, maybe. Or at least to maybe it's like, they feel like it's that they don't know how to help in those areas. But at the same time, it's like, if you're not playing the, and you look at their top six and you're like, is it worth it to give? Can, can a, a, a high upside, if you look at Lafreniere, Kako, Panarin, Zabanajad, Kreider, um, you know, and Strom or whoever the second line center replacement is. After that, it's like if this kid is like a sniper, like how much damage can he really get done with the with the the amount of ice time we're gonna give him? Like how many puck touches does he need to like score at will or get put the puck in the net? You know, and yeah, maybe you have a guy in your third line who is a sniper who you he plays also in your power play from the side. If you if you get a Brendan Brisson or whatever with that one time or whatever, but for the most part, it's like who can whether the like who can we just deploy get the most out of he's going to play on our penalty kill he's going to play in garbage time when we're holding a lead you know what i mean like those are the things you have to think about 
Well, okay. So there's a, a few things that you just triggered my thought. Number one sure. was I th- thought it was really funny that you said take Askarov if he's available at 22. I, I definitely agree with that. I feel yeah. like um, I don't know why, but I sh- I think the shift is becoming clear that you need two goaltenders. Yeah, and I think the value of goaltenders are gonna like right now is the time to buy them. Buy them low. We can sell them high later, even if it's a couple of years down the line. And teams who think they're ready for the Stanley Cup just seem to not be able to get it done because of inconsistency with goaltending, injuries in goaltending. It just it's a, a position that you can't just fill. You know, if uh, you know your second line center or winger goes down, there's guys that can jump in. They already know the system. But goaltending, it's one of those aspects of the game that it's 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 great until you don't have it. Yeah, like you don't at- even. Go ahead. Well, as I say, look at Pittsburgh. You know, they're lucky they had Jar- Jerry in their system because they had Murray and mm-hmm. they're like, well, Mark Andre, see you later. Like, this is the future. And now, you know, like I said, they're lucky they had Jerry because now Matt Murray, they're 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 like, yeah, he's the odd man out. He's not he's not as good as advertised, you know, uh, same, maybe a little less so. But you look at St. Louis and he, you know, yeah, he won them a cup because he was hot when he, they needed him to be. But at the same time, it's like. You know, it's, you know, Jake, uh, sorry, not, uh, but yeah, there's still some questions around Bennington. Like, is he as good as we thought he was? You know what I mean? Right. It's just, and goaltending is, so, that's what Lundquist is an elite was and is, uh, well, maybe was is more accurate, an elite player. You know, maybe it's like he wasn't the Vesna, the far and away Vesna guy for years, but he gave you upper echelon goaltending for a decade plus, which, is unheard of. People don't do that. You know, your Brodeurs do that and your, your Waz and your Hashiks and Lundquist, but you know, uh, and Matuka Rask too, has been pretty consistent, you know, but yeah, I like everyone else. It's like, there's so many goaltenders in this league that they're super hot one year and they're frigid the next year. And then they're maybe a little bit better the next year. And then they're excellent that year. And then they brought their career back and then they have a down year. Like, why can't, you know, your Robin Landers and your Thomas Grice's and your Halak's like just they can't keep work because it's like it's tough to be consistent. So having more uh, educated, surefire players wait- waiting is. Uh, yeah, it's I think it, it it's just it's smart. And to your point, James, I do think the pendulum after being so negative on the value of goaltenders, especially as the platoon to goaltender system is really becoming more of a need. Uh, I think it'll start to go. There'll be more of a, a land grab for those goalies. So that's a, actually a very astute point by you. Thank you, Andy. Uh, but tires a little bit. Yeah, thank you, man. Ego uh, coming in quick. Um, okay, so again, I think what would make Rangers even more angrier, though, would be taking a defenseman. I think every oh, Ranger yeah. fan and their <laughs> <laughs> every Ranger fan and their entire family all know that the Rangers need center depth. Uh, I don't think they'd get so upset if they ended up taking uh, a winger, but and even the goaltending, it's like you know we're still not. We love Igor, but nobody's like married to them to him. He, he doesn't have enough games under his belt for really Ranger fans to be like, "This is our guy. We don't need anybody else." I, so, but defensemen, yeah. I mean, everyone already has the Rangers defenseman set in stone. If you end up taking a defenseman here, the fan base will go bananas. Yes. But you are. I think Sorry. it's the classic New York Rangers move to be taking a defenseman at 22 because I really do think that the Rangers organization value def- defense so much and they they feel like they can't have enough of them, oh, which is like fine, but I just feel like 
they always do this to us. Oh my God. Not, not to, you're right. Not to cut you off. I'm sorry. I just got no, no. breaking, breaking news. Uh, Kevin Weeks uh, becoming quite the insider for per what I'm told, the Pittsburgh Penguins are trading Patrick Hornquist to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Mike Matheson. Oh my God. Oh yes. Uh, the, the, the Pittsburgh slowly, you know, imploding over time with these moves is so good. I love it. They're like making it. these trades to say like to scalp like a million dollars off their cap. I feel like, yeah. I mean, they need it. They don't have any, they don't have much like money to be playing around with. No, so every, every million helps. Can't but. Mike Matheson is, is, um, now, listen, Patrick Hornquist isn't what he once was at the peak of his powers, but he's still better than Mike Matheson. Like, come on, man. So, but that's not a, that'll be a different podcast. Sorry, I just, it popped up, but I want to get back to your, what you'd said. Uh, the Rangers fan base would be up in arms about defensemen, but, but is there, we have to talk about it because, yeah, of course. Listen. So, give us some defensemen okay. that All are right. in that, that range that you would be like, you know what? This kid. You know, we could, you know, we could say we'd we'd feel confident walking away from, you know, uh, God. I, I mean, we have so many defensemen right now uh, that yeah. are like penciled in. Obviously, yeah. like Fox is here to stay, so, but you know, Tony could be, you know, seen as, you know, see you later. Um, you yeah, know, and so, go ahead. so so like I had mentioned, this is not at least the the deepest draft for defensemen, especially well, especially up top. You know, uh, some combination. Uh, uh, I think Jamie Drysdale absolutely goes in the top 10. So he's not there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Jake Sanderson, uh, at worst, probably goes 12. At best, he could. I could see him going five, around five because, you know, he's there flashes of, uh, you know, Drysdale kind of reminds me of like a Haskin and Light type player because he's super mobile. Uh, he's smart. He's got good vision. He's not ex- like the most robust guy, but he just uses his brain all over the ice. And, you know. He, yeah, it's it would be premature to say he could become Haskinen, but I can see him becoming Haskinen light, which is an excellent player to have. Dry, you know, uh, Jake Sanderson reminds me a lot of Ryan McDonough playing high school hockey. You know, suitor type where he it's not, it's more about you deploy him. You, you he eats minutes and he eats tough minutes, and he's just a net positive. He's not like scoring crazy creating crazy stuff with his vision or playmaking but at the same time at the end of 60 minutes you're like it really kept the game in check because he played the whole time he just kept the puck going in a positive direction and he kept it out of his own end and he he, he snuffed out transitions you know what i mean mm-hmm. but after that's a crapshoot because you know i think you'll see defend i'm not super high on like other people like you'll probably see some combination of Caden Gooley and Braden Schneider go in the teens and, you know, Gooley being kind of like a more Vlasic, uh, Slavin type where he's just more about purely snuffing stuff out in transition and just trying to be smart in his own end where Schneider's a little bit more of a hulking throwback defender who's more about like being like, you know, really physical in front, clearing out his own net. Uh, I'm not as high on him as a lot of people are, but I, I see the allure, you know, but. Yeah. So, you know, I, if the Rangers took Schneider, I wouldn't be happy with it. If they took, listen, they do need a, a left pairing D. If they took Gooley, uh, you know, I think I could, I could see it, I guess. It would make sense. I, I wouldn't be too, you know, I, I might be a little disappointed. I wouldn't be too broken up about it. Um, if they take a, a defenseman in that spot, I want it to be worth their while. It's almost like, 
I'd rather them be safe with their forwards, but take more chances if they're going to select a D, if that makes any sense. Because, yeah, you know, last year you get a Matthew Robertson who probably who fell, who probably should have been a first round talent. And has looked like a very steady Eddie, like good what you want in the middle pairing defenseman. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can get those guys. Those guys can be found in later, you know, in the second round or third round, maybe even though Rangers don't have a second round pick. I think at this point, like you said, that if they keep their pick, that, that they just with all the assets they've acquired, they're more interested. I think they're more interested in they don't need to swing anymore. Like they have, they're clearly have skill in the back end in Fox and Tony for the time being. You have Keandre coming, you have Nils coming, who's very smart. Like I just don't, you know, you have Truba who can have a cannon from the back end. I just think if they're going to do it, they're going to. I think it's funny, it's antithetical, but I think if they go for a defenseman, I think they they say, like, we're going to make it worth our while. So do they be the team that swings on William uh, Wallander, who is, you know, he's big. He's got everything you could want, He, you know, for a for a defenseman like a you monster. Know, he's a monster. He's huge. He skates. He's got like that. Maybe not as he's got that headman thing in that he's big and he's rangy and he covers a lot of ground and he, he's very economical in a skating. He doesn't have the brain of headman. He'll never become Victor headman. I, I can say that with, with certainty, but um, you know, he's just, sorry, let me, I let me pull up my, my little thing. I my write up on him, but like, yeah, he's already, he's already six, four, 190, 90 pounds. Like he's probably bigger. That was, that was from last year. Uh, you know, he's, and he can, he does end to end rushes like they're nothing. You know what I mean? He's, but he's a project. Like he can get tunnel vision, bringing the puck into the zone sometimes. Uh, he's got a good shot, but sometimes like his decision making is on end is like, eh, you know. But, but if you can get those him to do those things, you literally have a, a, like a headman type guy or just a big rangy defenseman who will be able to break things up and, can also then go get on his horse and seamlessly go the other way or can cover for his own mistakes. You know what I mean? But those are the guys you have to swing on because yeah, they're usually not Hedman was a freak in that he was, he had an like a NHL responsible brain at that age. You know what I mean? But yeah. 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 Dude, I mean, uh, all right. So, I mean, obviously you're comparing him to Hedman because of his size, but you well, know, yeah, it's lazy. He's, he's big. He's sweet. No, no, he skates well, you well know, he's not, well shot. It, it's not lazy, but it's like that's such a hard comparison because let's just say he does fall into our laps. Yeah. Um, which honestly would not surprise me if we ended up going yeah. that Wall- route. Wallander should still be on the board at 22, I think. I could see him if if he does get picked in the first round, I could see him getting picked. I think he realistically gets picked towards after 25, but I could I it wouldn't surprise me to see a team say, you know what, we think we can coach this into him because if you do, he's the best defenseman in the draft just based on his uh, his pure skills. Yeah, and the the way I the way I'm looking at it, you have a six four kid, and if he does have that mobility where he can 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 kind of scoot up and down the ice and be a little bit responsible, I think that's like a a smart gamble for the Rangers because if if you're looking at our defenseman right now, you know I, I don't know what the future of Tony's going to hold with us. And you you have Fox, you have Truba, you know. There will be that big, steady presence defenseman in there, and Keandre Miller, knock on wood. But having a kid like this, who may take a couple of years to develop, might not be the worst thing in the world because, you know, you see how important the defense can, you know, rushing the puck and generating offense for the forwards has become so huge. I mean, look at the, uh, look at the, um, you know, look at the two teams. Sorry, I just got a phone call. Uh, 
the two teams that are in the Stanley Cup finals. I mean, they rely on their defensemen to jump into the play, to be heavy, to be a physical presence, make the outlet passes. And if this kid could do that and he's six foot four and has the mobility, I mean, I wouldn't be upset with that pick, especially because you just don't know what you're going to get out of the other other players. Yeah, like there's a just because I, I like these kids, there's a lot of kids I like so much and I'm rooting for them. And I think teams would be like they'd be great gambles for teams to take. It's just now with the Rangers being my home team. Yeah, I'm a little bit more like I'm biased. But like I love an Emil Andre, you know, I think he is a undersized guy who's extremely smart and crafty and creative and can create and will be a, like a, a, a Tory Krug type. You know, his skating needs to get a little bit better, but I think the brain is there. He's one of the smartest defensemen. Like he defends well for his size. He positions himself well. He just understands where to be and how to play hockey. Uh, despite being, I think, you know, he's probably only like five, eight, five, nine and probably, but he's stout. He's like 185 some odd pounds, but. Yeah, like it's I'm not comfortable, you know, even though he I love him, I'm not so sure I think the Rangers already have that type of player and yeah, I still see him as a gamble, so I'm not comfortable taking him. Uh yeah. but you know, I think if you're going to if they're going to gamble on a defenseman, you know, listen, who knows? Maybe they end up taking like a Justin Barron and it's like and I roll my eyes and I'm like, "All right, like and then he becomes a okay sec third pairing to second pairing defenseman. You know, it is honestly, it's fine. It, it is what it is. It's just for whatever reason with the defensemen with, we have coming and that, that they're, that's the, where they're deepest. Like, yes, you take best player available, but like I said, a, in this spot, it's a crap shoot B. You don't know who might be falling. So if they're going to pick someone, a defenseman there, I say, fuck it and swing on uh, part of my language swing on something that if it pans out, you absolutely have a player that could not have been you, you, you know, that shouldn't have been available there when every, like where everyone's like, why, why didn't we just take the swing on this kid? You know what I mean? So, and he's the one guy you can maybe argue Helga grounds is, well, might probably go higher than him because he's a little bit, maybe not as raw talented but is still big and can skate well like he's like a more refined yet not as much upside version of wallander you know mm-hmm. but uh you know i do i do think wallander is if in that slot wallander would if I, you had to choose defenseman while you know i'd be like all right schneider i'd be pulling my hair out because i i'm not high on him uh wallander i'd be like all right this is interesting let's see where this goes grons i'd be like okay i can see it and anyone else i wouldn't really be interested in like i like the emil hanemans of the world and and uh you know justin barron like i mentioned is fine defenseman you know i'm i'm not even from so much familiar with at least the, some of these kids abilities to switch sides if they are right shots or whatever mm-hmm. but just the, the you know there's the guys i know who are left shot defensemen um yeah like you know it is what it is uh do I think they pick defense there? Me, maybe I'd say it's a, maybe it's a, it's a, yeah, you know, I'll say 40, 60, they say 60% forward, 40%. I don't think it's out of the question. I just, I don't think that, that, you know, in a nutshell, I don't think 22 will even be there come draft time, but if it is, I still think they're most likely to take a forward, but yeah, if they do t- take a defenseman, just, yeah, listen, you have, this is going to be your last time being in the slot, hopefully for a while. Right. So, Yes, you can use it to take something you want, but you already have so many other young promising players you could package. Maybe this is the time to when you this might be your last time to just say, 
you know, we're going to try to Charlie Brown this this uh, ball, you know. Okay, Andy. So let's get into uh, the scenario of which the Rangers do move the 22nd uh, overall pick. And I know you said multiple times that you don't see the pick actually being there come, uh, you know, 22. I know there are teams around the league that do need a first round draft pick. And the Rangers, uh, you know, are probably ready for uh, more of an NHL ready forward than they are uh, a project. And, you know, 22, you're not really going to find a guy that's jumping and stepping in and becoming, you know, relevant in the league right away without being seasoned, you know, in uh, in juniors or in college or, or even the AHL. So, um, you know, what's the best case scenario? I don't know how valuable the 22nd pick is alone, but we do have, you know, other pieces in our system that can be packaged. And so, you know. And and this is such a hard question to answer because you just yeah. don't know who's available and, you know, how available, uh, val- valuable. Oh, my God. I can't believe I, can, <laughs> I struggle with that word. You might have to like bleep that out. Um, you know, how how much value the 22nd pick, you know, actually brings. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think in terms of value, I think 22nd overall. uh yeah, yeah, I guess it depends. Like if the Rangers are looking for a a stabilizing third line center or even a second line center, that's a different conversation. But mm-hmm. even just a, let's say just a third line center, uh, unfortunately, I think it depends on a lot of things like there's because there's circumstances like, is this guy a good third line center, but he's getting older and he's slightly overpaid. You know what I mean? Th- these things factor in. Mm-hmm. But we do, as we've mentioned, GMs right now are making. So there's a lot of couple GMs are trying to make moves to make moves. Um, we know that cap will be static with the uh, financial repercussions of the pandemic. There are teams that are desperately trying to set, shed salary. There are teams that maybe usually just try to have it both ways. Are now their hands are being forced because of everything that's going on, and they're like, "We're going to rebuild because we have to because we we really our, our hands are tied for two years anyway. So why not just?" not delayed inevitable and we don't like the outlook of our team you know so um you know when i look at teams let's so let's say i think that 22nd gets pa- packaged with something i don't know if it's georgiev i don't know if it's a guy like brett howden uh i don't know if it's a buchnevich you know if if you're looking for a second line center buchnevich in 22 for a guy who's pretty solid i could definitely see you know then you're getting you know the, you're getting your money's worth you're getting a body back uh, you know, the team, if you're the team that's giving up a center, um, you know, uh, we've obviously mentioned Christian Dvorak a lot. Uh, yeah. listen, Arizona d- is probably in trouble and does need to shed salary. So, I mean, if they can get a player, a young player like Brett Howden, who maybe does have some upside and could become that third, third line center and they like him, you know, um, although Dvorak's on a pretty good, sweet deal too. But at the same time, if they just like, we can and we can get at first like that's what we have to do yeah maybe i don't know i, I think it would cost a little bit more than 22 and howden it would probably be 22 howden and maybe one more uh you know i don't know if it's a Pahunyemi. i don't know if it's a um you know one of their other young defensemen overseas but you know maybe even a libor hayek i'm not sure but you know, I think it would be around that for that type of guy. You know, if if they if they say, listen, we really like. Uh, so if a team like Calgary, who is clearly looking to shake things up just because they haven't been able to get it done with that top six, if they're looking for a shake up and let's say an Elias Lindholm is available just because they're trying to get a change. Uh, 
yeah, some combination of 22 Buchnevich, uh, maybe, I mean, I'm super high on Heedle, but yeah, I don't, I think, yeah, if you Heedle 22 Buchnevich, that's actually, that's pretty high. That's too much. So, well, let's say if it was like Howden 22 and Buchnevich, yeah, maybe, you know, cause you look at, uh, I'm pulling them up right now, but Elias Lindholm's you know, because he's a first line player, definitely. You know, maybe he's not the, the guy who drives it, but he's only 25 years old. He only makes four, you know, he's on a $4.85 million contract. And uh, I'm on his elite prospects page right now. I want to see those point totals, baby. Um, I mean, Rangers don't have a second round pick. So if they throw a second rounder in there yeah, with Lindholm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously asking for Heedle would be, that would drive up the cost, I think, on Calgary side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so just with the Flames, you know, 54 points in 70 games this season, 78 and 81 last year uh, with Calgary. And then, you know, yeah, he's so he seems to be coming into his own. Uh, he, You know, honestly, in the playoffs uh, this year, he had six points in 10 games, which is an awful, you know, and then he had a. Uh, two and five so it's like yeah he you know he, he makes things done when he has to i guess so yeah if the rangers covet his versatility and his you can put him like he you know especially if you put him in a, if he's your second line center and i think you know he could feast on favorable matchups or play with panarin or lafreniere whoever it ends up being you know even maybe Kreider start the year yeah i mean maybe that's worth it to them you know you have all these things and you know t- there's so, so many deals where it's like Man, I can't believe you know Tampa gave up this much for Blake Coleman. Well, they now they have that guy who is valuable. Maybe it's like maybe they paid a lot for him, but it's mm-hmm. like because you know as a rental, if they don't, but you know he still had some. He, he was a rental who had you know he had a few years still left on his contract. They'll have to pay him eventually, but for now that cost certainty of having that guy. Who cares if you overpaid a little? You had the assets, you did it, and, and now and he's, he's and he's paying dividends for you. So honestly, if the Rangers make a deal where it's like, oh man, they didn't have to give that much up. It's like, no, but they got, now they got the guy. You know what I mean? And it's not like they got a guy who's old. They got a guy who's making a crazy amount of money. You know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but at least you're swinging on a guy who is in a favorable, you know, the production's there. He's in a favorable age bracket. He's versatile. He, he is not, you're not just getting him. And if he can't do this one thing, then you're screwed. You know what I mean? So yeah, I do think things like that could really, moves like that could really be available with that 22. But I do think it has, if it's going to go in anywhere, it's getting packaged. Uh, I think it's more likely that they use it to get a middle six center, you know, maybe someone with a little bit more experience, but um, you know, so maybe some combination of 22 and Brett Howden and uh, maybe even a Lemieux who knows, you know, but how would you feel about signing someone who's, a little bit older, a team's getting rid of them. It's not going to cost you that much because they just really want to shed uh, a few bucks and, you know, are, are willing to move that person I, at any cost, like a, a, a Bacchus. Um, you know, I, uh, well, I, I did see today that I, Anaheim told Bacchus, like, they're going to let him play, you know. But okay. honestly, Miko Koivu is not coming back. He doesn't, he's still a very good defensive center. Like I think as a third line where you're not expecting him to put up five on five points or his line mates are responsible for that. And he's just more about making sure whichever, you know, especially if you put him with lat, like 
yeah, like, I don't know. Like, if you if Heedle, you're just like, he's not getting it done as a center, so you just move him to the wing, you know, because he, he started in the playoffs, he was started on the on the center, and then they kind of moved him over the, to the wing as time went on. Honestly, if you have some combination of your third line is is Lafreniere getting his feet wet, Miko Koivu and Heedle, like, that's pretty damn good, man. Like, or yeah. hell, even if if you're just like, you're just keeping it fluid and you're like, whatever, we'll let Kako play with his his countrymen, learn the other side of the puck game from him. You know, he's smart and he's crafty and you let Lafreniere and Kako play together with a, with a veteran who's still very good defensively, even though he's old, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Who knows? Like, who knows? Or if that's Joe Thornton, like, whatever. Like, you know, the, yeah, I would definitely be interested in that. You know, obviously the Rangers are going to be up against it. We're already talking about a Lundqvist buy-up. They just have to get through the season before uh, a few, contra- you know, Smith and Stahl come off the books. Um, Shattenkirk, obviously. Shattenkirk's buyout, yeah. I think, it, I forget how much longer even they have a little bit of money from Ryan Spooner. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Uh but yeah, that's that's I think it's honestly you're you're right in that. That's something I would definitely be interested in if you can do that, because you're not, you know, you don't need you don't need someone to come in right now and be your forever guy. But just a, maybe a placeholder if, if yeah, especially if you do end up not trading, that's 22nd overall. And you can go out and give money to one of those guys and just that's all it costs. Like, you know, that your team said they're done with you. But it's at the same time, it's like teams just have to move on to move on. And like, listen, you're not going to be playing. You're not going to be our second line center or our first line center, but you're going to be here and you're going to have an important role. Yeah, and... you're going to have a really important role and it kind of reinvigorates them. So if that's something they're interested in and yeah. you have a shot at the playoffs, I mean, you saw what the Rangers were able to do last year. They're going to be a better team next year, just, you know, because of the just the experience and, you know, those younger guys getting more seasons into this league. And and, you know, I think we'll have a more well, hopefully we have a better answer of what's happening in the goaltending viewpoint. And do think, you know, we'll have a steady presence in net, a more consistent presence in net. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many things like that could happen that could shape our team going into next season. And it'll be very interesting because the next month or so is going to be, you know, you'll see the direction that the Rangers are going to want to go in. And, you know, I'm pumped up for it. I ideally, though, looking at everything. I drafting in the 20s doesn't move the needle for me. I'm more of let's get rid of this pick, package it up somehow. We have a lot of pieces that. will eventually be moved, can be moved. So let's bring in someone who's NHL ready. And I'm not opposed to bringing in the old guy, which the Rangers would do normally for a cup run, but this is for a different purpose. It's to kind of teach the younger guys. We're going to have a lot of kids in the room. And it's, listen, our coaching staff can't be the ones growing these players. It's got to be the players themselves. And I don't think we have a real player on the team that – that is like a Koivu or a Thornton. Like I know Panarin and Zibanejad are respected in the NHL and, you know, but at the end of the day, like we don't have that player, especially if we're not going to have Hank in, in the, in the locker room, you really kind of need that presence that, Oh yeah. Everyone's going to be, a, you know, we'll listen when he talks. Yeah. You don't, the Rangers currently do not have that guy that'll say like, They'll do, be in practice. They'll do something, and they'll be standing in line. I'll be like, ah, I, I fl- whatever, I did that one, and they'll be like, hey, come here, and they'll like, they'll turn towards the boards, and he'll like drop, you know, drop a puck, and they'll be like, try to get it, and then he'll just do something with his foot, and he's like, 
see that like look can you get it or or, or practicing draws like say hey like hey kid come here we're gonna do this like i love yeah like you said Zabanjad and uh panarin are amazing but i just don't think those the type of the guys that that's what they will go out of their way to look to do you know what i mean they're more like just you watch i'm you know i let my on ice play speak for itself as opposed to that pop-up air thing which i think the rangers at least on the ice could really benefit from if, if you have a koivu or a uh um, a Joe Thornton, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just teaching Teetle and, and how to, and how to take draws or whatever, you know, whatever it be, or how to like stick position. Like if, if you bobble a puck on the boards, it's like, look, if you, you know, like turn it over, whatever, just little, just the little things. Cause, and that's the little things like stick position things, uh, you know, little ways to cheat on draws. Like those are the things that really do pay dividends, you know, in an important time. And that's the thing that you, you have to get, you know, your coaches and, necessarily maybe your skills guy or your d your you know whoever's coaching the d but at the same time it's like they're so trying to do the big picture with everyone that sometimes you need the the micro stuff to get done on by the players on the ice you know in-house so yeah i absolutely think it would pay dividends in that in that area and there's so many things that the coaching staff misses you know and the coaching staff is always worried about you know the next step and whereas you know you might turn to a blind eye to what's happening right now. And, you know, having a guy like Thornton or Koivu, you know, who have already played against everybody in the league millions of times, know every play, know every team, what to expect, how the guy plays. And, you know, having a guy like Thornton to show you like, listen, this, this player, you know, this center, you know, he cheats onto the side, you know, when you, when you're going against them, like, or even telling the defenseman, like, Oh, I know so-and-so, you know, Fox, like he, he's going to try this, you know, bullshit in the corner just be ready for it you know it's gonna yeah. fake, you know and just like being able to teach these kids the the game that's happening on the ice you know and the coaching staff isn't always going to be there and they don't always see it from the player point of view and it's so easy to miss those things and you know because watching it on tv it looks so easy sometimes but there is such a an, an advantage of body positioning and just you know ha- moving the puck along the boards and outlet passes timing like that stuff is so hard to teach and it takes repetitions and it takes experience and it, and you know, having a guy that's done it, been there and I did it really well, uh, man, it, 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 you know, you can't, that there's no price tag on that. Well said, man. Like exactly. And yeah, I mean, I do think the Rangers to bring it back to what we were talking about, the Rangers, I do think if they had their, their druthers that, that, pick is not remaining there they want they want young players or at least established players you know because i think they look at they yeah i think they're more interested in like who can we get even if we take a little bit of a wash on value mm-hmm. or we have to use our assets to get it like you know listen panarin and zabanajad are what 27 mm-hmm. or 28 panarin 27 zabanajad you know Kreider is 28 29 right so you know, yes, like, do you want to wait until these guys are, are hatching 30? Or if you have the excess assets and you have more young guys coming because you've, you've stocked your prospect pool, uh, you can give up some of them. You can give up this pick. You know, you're getting Lafreniere. You're already getting a, a bona fide, you know, projectable impact player, you know? So at this point, I don't care. Like, if it's, if it's, if you get the certainty, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but if, you know, it is fun that it, like we said, it takes two to tango and a lot of GMs are, have other, they, some of them have internal, you know, directions from their owners. We have to shed salary. We have to do this. No one's getting moved until we know what's going on. So 
yeah, if it if no deal materializes, it will be fascinating to see who the Rangers end up taking, or if they try to say, you know what, screw it, like we're at this point where we think this draft is so deep, we're going to take this or twenty two, and we're going to trade it for like a late first and a second. Like I could see that happening because they're like, you know, we feel like we can still get the players we really covet, and we think this is a great draft to have a, an extra pick in. So we don't care if it's you know we're confident in our scouting. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's honestly, it's so kind of wide open because, yeah, a lot of things could happen. I do think, though, that they're going to try and move it. Yeah. And, you know, just like looking at how everything is panning out so far, you know, I do think the Rangers are going to look for, you know, uh, well, this year, just with the salary cap and stuff like that, they're going to be looking to make some moves. And obviously, there's so many moving parts that, uh, are kind of up in the air right now and they're going to have to address those eventually. And that's, you know, that's going to be the fun part fun, being a fan and just following just their, just their, um, you know, uh, just the, to see the road that they choose to go down and, you know, I'm, I'm prepared for anything. And, you know, as a Ranger fan, I kind of prepare mentally for the worst case scenario. Um, but the good thing is though, the worst case scenario isn't really like a bad case scenario. You know, it's just, this year is going to be tough, and I think Ranger fans might expect a lot from them. But I think this ne- upcoming next year will be better, but will and maybe do worse in the standings. But you'll see more promise out of these young players. You're going to see more development. You're going to see growing pains, but you're also going to see a year which the Rangers are kind of handicapped in the cap space because uh, you know of some buyouts. You don't know what they're going to do with Hank. You know, Hank letting you know retiring would free up a ton of money. So again, we we can't really make any predictions. We can't you know draw the path for the Rangers until we know all these other things. So, um, any any final thoughts as as we head you know into the you know end of the Stanley Cup final? I cannot believe it. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's like you said up top. It's going to be hard to realize that this is it. You know, I. Luckily, the prospect thing has been keeping most of my focus, which has been great. You know, watching uh, some of our prospects overseas on uh, various um, nameless websites to stream European hockey has been fun, especially with the hot start Kraftsoft's been off to. But yeah, it's going to be very weird. Like, because like you said, this is the time of year that we're usually gearing up. But yeah. like I said, the draft is still super exciting if you're a Rangers fan. Uh, you know, over if you're if you're our, uh working from home and you can afford to avert your gaze for the sixth and the seventh. You can just kind of watch it play out, uh, online, you know, from your desk or whatever. So it'll be real interesting to see what happens. We're already, like I said, GMs are making moves to make moves right now just for whatever reason. So yeah, I'm sure we'll see a lot of more head scratchers and out of nowhere trades, which is fun, you know, kind of shake things up in this league. So this stuff will be happening. So it'll be interesting. And obviously, like we said, the first buyout window, uh, is it open yet? Um, e- I, yeah, I mean, I think it opens. Oh, one sec, NHL buyout window. Do, do, do. You know, does Hank get bought out in this window? Does he? You know, another one opens after free agency, but it's possible. Um, yeah. What? Oh, let's see. This buyout window opens. This is Friday. Oh, yeah. So when it, it will have opened on, you're hearing this on a Monday, but it will have opened on Friday. So who knows? You know, there's. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's one. I think there's yeah. There's one before and then one after free agency, but 25th to the eighth, and then I think there's one after. Um, but 
regardless, yeah, you know, does Hank get bought out? There's so much, there's stuff still going on. So yeah. if you're a hockey fan, you can find it. You might have to really, it won't be force fed to you. You'll have to go out there and get it. But yeah, if you are hungry for hockey stuff and going on, there's plenty of uh, sustainable and there's plenty of nourishment out there for you. So yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I look forward to the draft uh, on the Hockey Podcast Network. We are trying to put together a live mock draft with most of our hosts prior to that. So that should be a lot of fun, if not a shit show, if anyone has ever watched After Hours. But yeah, we'll let you know when that is. And uh, also this coming week, we will announce the winner of our uh, partnering with Alternate for our Rangers uh, mask giveaway. So we want to thank them. And we also have some uh, interviews coming up. So yeah, a lot of fun stuff down the pike. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, just uh, there's, everything's out there. It's all at your fingertips. So just go out there and get it. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.